Well, in a world when we are assailed by digital noise and gloomy stories, don't you think there is something wonderfully charming about podcasts? Okay, our new intro music helps set the tone, but have you noticed how the podcasts you come back to are the ones that make you feel just a little bit better about life? Well, welcome back, or if you've just found us, hello, and please do stick around. Matthew Grant here, partner at Instec, but for today, I have a little more than a walk-on part. Because Robin Mertens picked up the mic for the second half of our recent London event on payments, sponsored by MasterCard and Stripe, and we've extracted the highlights for you for this episode. As we discussed last week, there are some great stories about how companies are solving some of the critical and messy problems with making and receiving payments, and we've more examples this week. First up is Adrian Davis from Stripe itself. Stripe, by the way, was founded in 2010, operates in nearly 50 countries, accepts card payments from customers in over 200 countries and territories, and has 7,000 employees. You'll also hear from Andrew Passfield, CEO of ICE InsureTech, Freddie McNamara, founder of Car Insurer Cover, Daniel Poole, VP of Strategic Partnerships from Cover Genius. Okay, let's head to CodeNote and join Robin and his guests. I'm all concerned with, with helping manage the movement of money. Um, and I think that's why we're particularly interested in working in insurance. What we're trying to do here is, is unify lots of complex systems, processes, tech stacks, legacy tech, tech stacks, um, in a way that provides a more coherent way of managing money for our clients. For the benefit of all, all participants in the ecosystem, not just in terms of better customer experience, of course, but also better financial management of, of that complex process that exists. And I think in the build-up to this, we were talking um, to you and your colleagues about uh, how this worked. And, and, and the observation was made that you're not sure that the insurance industry understands quite how strategic and important payments is. I mean, what, what would you say about that? I mean, what is it that the industry has to understand that you think it probably is not so good at right now um there's no need to be at least a bit diplomatic here we're all on your side well as, as my um, as my colleague callow always says you know fundamentally insurance is a promise to pay um and and i think i think that payments backbone needs needs to sit behind all aspects of the of the of the insurance lifestyle life cycle i think you know what we sometimes forget in the insurance space is that we do operate, the companies that operate in this space are very complex. And I think that complexity brings a lot of fragmentation and ultimately inefficiency and risk and time delay. Um, so, you know, in terms, of, in terms of money movement, I think we, we, Stripe can help abstract that complexity and get to a better position where we're managing those complex money flows in a better way. Robin went on to ask Adrian what types of companies Stripe works with. We strive to work with partners, and, and if it is a large legacy insurer and they're wanting to modernise their payments platform, then absolutely that's something that we can help them with. But I think you're right. You know, um, you know, insure techs to a certain extent, they're greenfield operations that they've either built or bought their own technology, and in many ways that's a lot more simple than having to deal with the with the, the technical debt and the legacy debt that um, that, that many of the the established um, um, enterprises have. But that, that of course, if it was simple to do, then they would have done that before. But I think, you know, technology is evolving. Our services are offering, you know, for example, offering things like finance as a service or banking as a service, which means that we can be a lot more agile about about 
putting our platform on top of some of those legacy issues and processes and, and, and tech stacks in order to be able to allow them to take a more modern approach to managing the platforms. It's about that money movement in, in, in the centre of the organisation around all these yeah. disparate parties. But you also have lots of clients outside of um, insurance. Are you, are you able to talk about those and then yeah. sort of what, you could, what you've learned there that you could apply to insurance and so on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the, <laughs> I was trying to explain to my children what Stripe do. Mm. Um, and the best example that was obviously close to their heart was Deliveroo. Um, but it's, it's, it, it's, a, it, it's a fantastic story of, um, of, of the demonstration of working in partnership with an organisation like Deliveroo. And obviously, you know, many of us, maybe not on a daily basis, but certainly on a weekly basis, probably made use of it during the pandemic. But, you know, Deliveroo is a very complex business again. You know, when you make that order, you know, through the app that we've helped devise for Deliveroo, um, you've, you've got again a very a very complex and fragmented payment system. You know you've got to pay you've got to pay the restaurant delivery take that cut. You've got to pay the driver, um, and that's complex to do. But it all runs on on Stripe technology. Um, but I think the thing I'm really proud about with this with this story is that there's, there's absolutely you know it's categorical. We've been a business partner for delivery for a number of years. And we've helped them expand in many different geographies in the same way that there's a, a real need to in insurance. Um, and also innovated many of the applications and um, introduced things like subscription services in some of those markets. And, and by our reckoning, you know, we've delivered over £100 million worth of additional revenue that delivery would not have obtained if it hadn't been for our, for our, for our systems and our APIs and, and the, the technology advancements that we're working on constantly. A big proportion of that came from my children, I think. <laughs> um, and then um, the last question, really, um, who in insurance do you like working with? I mean, uh, you'll have to say everybody, but, but I mean, in, in, who's Stripe really on the lookout for? Who do you like working with? Who do, who do you want to hear from when you go to the bar later? Okay, well, look, enterprise customers are, are an area of focus for us, but primarily you know, Stripe is most, you know, it, it, it's a technology startup. And, and that ethos still remains very true today, although we've evolved considerably over the last few years. And we get a real thrill working with, with startups. You know, we, 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 we want to encourage companies to digitize and disrupt. Um, and when we see young companies that are really trying to make a change, and, you know, there's, there's plenty of opportunities in InsureTech, plenty of use cases that we've probably never thought of yet. But we want to align ourselves against those entrepreneurs who will represent the next wave of, of insurance companies. Brilliant. Adrian, thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks for staying at short notice. No, really no problem at all. So next to the stage, we have um, Freddie McNamara from Cover. Freddie, come, welcome back. <laughs> the origins of Instech go back to the end of 2014, and I put £500 behind the bar at Corny and Barrow, and I invited anybody with a startup idea to come and pitch. And Freddie was there, 2014, with an idea that seemed incredibly sort of out there at the time. Uh, and here you are, uh, whatever that is, six years, six years, when did you, found, when did you really get going? Uh, we started sort of trading pos- uh, properly in 2016, but sold our first policy to my flatmate from uni in 2015, so <laughs> August. So for those who don't know, tell us quickly what Cover does. Um, so uh, we've built an app that allows you to buy flexible insurance. So you can either buy an hour of insurance on demand to borrow a car from a friend, or you can buy one of our insurance subscriptions on your own car that allows you to get uh, a totally flexible monthly rolling contract that actually gets cheaper 
if you're a better driver. And we, uh, we use what we call smart pricing inside the app. Uh, it's in-app telematics to, uh, to improve your pricing every month. And, uh, and fundamentally, our mission is to give everyone affordable access to a car. And insurance is our, uh, is our sort of first foray into how, how we're going to do that. And then from that very first policy to your flatmate, how, how many customers have you got now? Uh, I think uh, we've got sort of nearing uh, 700,000 customers wow. uh, on the platform. So in your model, which is kind of flexible motor insurance, how does the m- money work? Have you got the same delivery complexities or is it really a lot easier than that? So I think we've probably got a sort of order of magnitude higher uh, in terms of not necessarily complexity, but in terms of risk. Um, if uh, if the driver doesn't get paid, then the delivery can sort of yeah. go and make them whole. But if our carrier doesn't get paid, then everybody goes to jail. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so we need to be very very careful yeah. that we're making sure that we're collecting the net premium. We're not commingling that net premium with commission. We're making sure it goes to a um, uh, a, uh, a separate Stripe account, which ends up in a, uh, a regulated trust account, which uh, ultimately gets. Uh, gets drawn off into the carrier's account. So uh, there is a sort of uh, a pretty complex flow of cash, and uh, it's something that we've really built the business around from day one. And from day one, we've been, we have been using Stripe. Um, uh, they've, been a, they've been a fantastic partner for us, and they've always been uh, really supportive when we sort of turned up and said, we, uh, we have a regulatory requirement to do the following thing. <laughs> uh, could, you, uh, could you help us make sure that we can do it? And what, what, what's an implementation, so that everybody here understands, what's an implementation involved? So, so Stripe's obviously the right partner. You, you have a need for a certain complex payment system. Then what happens next? Who does what? Well, so the key thing uh, for any startup is that they absolutely don't want to handle card details. Uh, you really don't want that long card number anywhere near your own systems because you suddenly end up in a, uh, a really sticky situation with sort of PCI compliance. So uh, Stripe, uh, Stripe uh, offers you the ability to sort of drop uh, a, a porthole into your mobile app so it doesn't even touch your back-end systems, takes, that, uh, takes those, uh, those cut payment details, registers them on their systems, and then every single time a customer wants to come in and pay, we go, okay, Stripe, please can you charge these guys? Uh, that premium then goes into uh, uh, what we call what, what's called Stripe Connect, which is then split off in exactly the right proportions for the uh, for the net premium, the commission, the IPT, and it all goes to its uh, various respective destination accounts within Stripe, and then they drain off into uh, um, our, our trust accounts that we hold on behalf of our carriers, which means that we're never in a position to be able to go and accidentally uh, scoop in a couple of million quid of net premium if things are going the wrong way. Uh, and that's, that was sort of for, for an early stage startup, really, really important to be able to go to our carrier partners and say, look, we've designed our system in a way that means that you don't have to trust us uh, because we've got Stripe providing these walls and, and Stripe is this sort of um, uh, very, very trustworthy company that has absolutely no uh, interest in, uh, uh, in letting those barriers down. And I'll ask you a question that you um, weren't expecting, but it comes from what we were asking Ben Smythe earlier. Do you, do you advertise on TikTok? <laughs> um, I, uh, I send quite a lot of money to the old TikTok team, yes. Um, we're not completely sure whether or not it's worth it in terms of the underwriting return yet, though. 
Ah, but then now there's a supplementary question, which is, which works better for you, the TikTok advertising or the ones and the gents and the motorway service stations that I keep reading <laughs> when I... I I have was running uh, a conversation with my marketing team about whether or not we should be putting the brand directly opposite uh, the urinals. But you know what? We can track that they are really, really successful. We can see people opening the app and buying policies at service stations where we've chosen to advertise. So it's really difficult for me to argue against it. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's much sexier to advertise yeah. on TikTok. <laughs> I don't want to undermine the importance of payments, but if you, Leung and Shortex, have learned nothing today, then there's, there's a lesson. How to do distribution, uh, the motorway service gents will get you a decent distribution network. Go to where your customers are. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sometimes quite right. Now, look, because I've been on your website and your crowdfunding, t- tell us about that. What, what, when did it start? How's it going? What, what do people need to do if they're interested? Uh, well, it started about 24 hours ago. Um, and uh, uh, it's doing pretty well. We've funded 110% of our goal. Uh, wow. If anyone fancies investing in, uh, in cover.com, you can go and see all of our uh, uh, all, all, all of the details on, on Cedars. Cedars. Um, and uh, yeah, no, uh, more, the more the merrier. We think it's a fantastic opportunity to bring in uh, many thousands of, uh, of brand advocates and, and send them out of the world with T-shirts and hoodies on and, and become real sort of cover flag wavers. I think we'll, we'll leave on a high. Uh, Freddie, you're a genuine short-tech superstar. Thank you very much for coming along. We're very proud to have you as part of the team. Hi, I'm Tara, one of the research analysts at Instech. We are currently writing our next report, The Cyber Insurance Outlook for 2023, the 80 companies to watch. This report will feature the data companies providing cyber risk analysis, the MGAs emerging in the space providing specialized cover, and the cyber risk managers and insurers. If you're working in the space and are not already a member, but would like to learn more, please get in touch by sending me an email at tara.instech.co or reaching out on LinkedIn. Next on stage was Andrew Passfield, CEO of Ice InsureTech. We're... uh software business supplying a number of insurtechs, a number of more established insurance companies with policy claims, um, billing and MI solutions, uh, predominantly in the UK at the moment. So, so we have a number of, of sort of retail brands, which I know you'll, you'll sort of touch on, and a number of the sort of insurtechs like a, a ticker who were our first customer um, uh, that we integrated to the Stripe application with. So, so we, we talked to Freddie and others who are dealing directly with the consumer and then an app. You are sandwiched between really big brands. Um, I know in the public domain we've got um, John Lewis Financial Services, AA. So you've got them using your tech to administer insurance. And at the other end, you've got incumbent insurers in various stages of a digital journey. What problems does that create? John Lewis as an example, is it easy to integrate to them? Yeah, so for John Lewis, um, it's been a relatively easy journey for us. We're not really, you know, they were on a, a mission to uh, take their home insurance in-house, um, start doing some smart home insurance. Uh, it was previously an outsourced white-labeled model. Um, so they had no really incumbent technology there, and we don't certainly don't touch the sort of main PLC systems. We have some integration with their... CRM systems and obviously access to their 
their um, card holders and their customer base. They have something like 13 million customers. Um, but we're lucky in that we're not really dealing with that. So their digital front end um, will integrate with the payment providers. ICE is all about sort of APIs and making that connectivity to the payment providers very easy. And at the other end, you've got a variety of insurers you work with. I think it's at Munich Re on the, um, on the John Lewis business. How, how does that bit work? Are they also, have they also done something that makes your life easier or is that a little bit harder work? No, not really. Um, I mean, obviously, from uh, we're slightly removed from the from the sort of carrier position. So, so in some situations, John Lewis was streaming a lot of data um, through to uh, Great Lakes and MRDP. In that example, they're also the capacity provider um, for one of our other customers, Ticker. Um, but we don't tend to get too involved in that type of um, the, the transaction. It's making sure that the sort of payment gateway that they've chosen, whether it's a Stripe, whether it's um, competitors of MasterCard, if they're not say it, um, uh, not here. We'll, we'll open up um, to those payment providers through our APIs. Robin asked Andrew why Eisenshortech chose Stripe. Now, Andrew mentions MVP here. If you're not familiar with what that term means, it means minimum viable product. Stripe are our preferred um, merchant service provider partner. So a few years ago, we were seeing very much the, the market wanted sort of best of breed technologies and, you know, let me, let me choose, you know, my best payment provider and, and my data enrichment provider. And what we're seeing now is a lot of customers wanting to do MVPs very quickly, um, get to market very quickly, a much sort of less friction in, in terms of the process. And so they will often take what we consider as our sort of key partners mm. um, out of the box. Uh, and so, you know, we'll default with uh, Stripe for payment providers and, and we'll introduce Stripe into that process. If someone's going to the price comparison websites, we'll do it through someone like um, like I wonder, and it just simplifies the whole process for them. Yeah, I mean, the less money there is swilling around in the insurtech system, the more carefully people have to spend it and therefore speed to market becomes in a way much more important than you know having the best I, I sense. I, th- I think it's it, it's definitely speed to market um, but they're also looking for um, they're relying on us and trusting us compared to the trust word but they're they're trusting us to to pick the right partners um, to work with partners that are continually um, continuing to invest in their technology and their platform um, and as the as the world evolves, um, we evolve with it, and, and so do our partners. Thank you very much for coming along, Andrew Pasquale. Thank you. Danny, Danny Paul from Cover Genius. You guys are also um, in tech superstars, uh, and we haven't seen you for a while. So tell this audience what it is that Cover Genius does. Thank you very much. Um, first of all, let me say, great to be here. So yeah, Cover Genius, we are the InsurTech for embedded insurance, um, and we protect the global customers of the world's largest digital companies. Um, our offering um, is that partners can embed uh, with XCover, our distribution platform, and that enables them to embed and to distribute any line of insurance um, or warranty products in any geographic market from a single API call. And just to be clear, are you a platform, or are you an MGA, or both? So we're both. Right. Um, so XCover is our embedded distribution platform, 
and that is backed by MGA licenses or authorizations in um, over 60 countries globally and, and all 50 US states. How big are you these days? How many, I don't know, give us some metric staff and customer numbers and whatever you can provide publicly. Yeah, sure. So, um, naturally, as a, as a global insure tech um, supporting global brands, we have offices around the world. So, um, New York, San Francisco in the US, um, London, Amsterdam, uh, right the way through Southeast Asia, India, Singapore, Sydney. Um, we've been fortunate to have um, a fantastic 12 months. Um, so, just looking at some growth metrics, we've doubled the amount of policies we've sold um, year on year. We recently surpassed 10 million, which was a huge company milestone for us. Um, we've seen sales through our X-Cover platform increase um, 667%. We've doubled our headcount in, in less than 12 months to support that. Um, in terms of our focus, it continues to be on um, building out new and, and bolstering our existing partnerships. Um, I myself look after the retail category where we're now, um, we were the first uh, insurtech available at Amazon globally. Um, we also um, are fortunate enough to count Wayfair, eBay, um, uh, Shopee and, and many other retail partners there. Um, travel is another one for us, um, Ryanair, um, Booking Holdings, um, Skyscanner and such forth. And you know we're fortunate that our solution is product and geo-agnostic. So we're also into commercial lines and cargo with the likes of um, Freytosh and, and Descartes Shiprush, um, Ola in, in travel mobility, um, and, and there's so much more to come this year. No, it's a great story. I mean, it is partly a reflection of how hot Embedded is as a, a topic, and I, I don't know, a lot of people here two years ago wouldn't have heard of Embedded, and now it's the, you know, together with Parametric, probably the, the kind of driver of so much in short tech um, growth. What, what are the complexities that an embedded provider like you faces from a payments point of view? So from a payments perspective, um within the context of embedded. Um, so our, our distribution model is, is mainly B2B to C, mm -hmm. uh, meaning that we are the, the merchant of record um, within those transactions. So if there is a specific um, licensing issue or um, challenges around a checkout, um, we navigate um, on behalf of our partners to solve that. Um, within that context, you know, the Stripe, um, the, the, the Stripe API, um, we chose that methodology around eight years ago after experiencing um, some challenges with, with traditional banking methods. Um, and those guys are great in helping us navigate that on a case-by-case on a -case basis. And then, so, so just tell me through that. A bit. So, yep. so you're in the old traditional banking world and, and then you think I could do this so much better. Then what happens next? I, I mean, you go and talk to Stripe. What, what, do you, what do you have to do and what do they have to do to get up and running on something that works for you? I mean, from a Stripe um, Account management perspective, you know they are they are the experts from a from a payment point of view. Um, we typically um, use the Stripe Open API, um, which we would um, put a wrapper around the Stripe JavaScript um, and give that to a partner for charging. Um, you know there is a, there's a lot of affinities between the two businesses um, with Stripe as a, you know a global um, embedded payments provider um, offering that coverage from a single API and, and Cover Genius's position. Um, of being a global um, embedded insurance provider also operating from a single API. So, yeah, the guys are great. And then, I mean, you've made this point, um, and rightly so, that you're operating in lots and lots of different countries now. Does that add to the complexity? Yeah, I mean, naturally, structuring a, a global insurance um, organisation, um, there are many complexities to navigate. 
Um, we're very fortunate that we work with um, very supportive carriers who help us navigate those nuances um, by region, whether it's um, Dipdanis in Italy, um, CPFs in Brazil, um, IPT, local taxation, or, or bundling legislation out in the US. Um, so we work with our carriers um, to um, navigate that, that landscape. Um, and then everything is available um, via the, the best-in-class technology of the platform, which ensures we serve up a, a localized and compliant policy in, in any vertical in, in any region. And of course, Stripe API plays heavily into that model. Yeah. Did Brexit provide you with a problem? Who didn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, listen, Brexit was an interesting one. Um, in many senses, there was that long lead time when we were all sat around talking about it for ages and ages. But essentially, the, the, the implication for us was that we lost um, financial passporting um, access across the EU. So we um, moved our European insurance operations to Amsterdam um, and established a, a Dutch MGA operation. That was relatively straightforward. Russia would be another example. Um, so the sanctions are much shorter lead time. And in that instance, we had to immediately stop collecting premium, issuing refunds or paying claims into Russia. Um, in both instances, um, the, you know, the Stripe account management team, we worked very closely with them to ensure business continuity um, and, and everything kept on running well for the customer. Daniel, well release you. Thank you very much. Great Thank you story. so much. Well, getting close to 200 people together in London once a month is no small feat. And we are very grateful to Stripe and MasterCard for their support for this one. If you feel you could do with a bit more knowledge about the world around you or you want to share your stories with the world and you're not already one of our 170 corporate members, then you might be missing something. You can contact me, Matthew Grant, or any of us by email, hello at instec.co. And you can find out everything we are doing on our website, www. Dot instec.co. That's it. Join us again next week. <laughs>